Good morning. Uh, this, this morning's reading is from 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. That's 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Saviour Jesus Christ have received faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, you will, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. This is God's word. Well, uh, let me say it's so good to see so many of you here. It's lovely to have many of you on live stream this morning as well. Thank you for joining with us in these, uh, they might say, troubled times. I was thankful this morning. You'll be thankful for small things. There were 18, only 18,000 cases yesterday. Isn't that good? It was 22 the day before. You've got to take what you can get when you can get it. And I wonder how you will live your life in 2022, no matter what happens. Friends, if we are to live uh, effective and productive lives, we must keep our eyes on the finish line. The finish line is the return of Christ, new heavens and a new earth. We must keep our eyes on that. The first wo woman to swim the English Channel both ways was Florence Chadwick. And I was reading about her, and her next challenge then was to swim from Catalina Island to mainland California, which is a distance of over 30 kilometers. Now, after 15 hours of swimming, Florence Chadwick was pulled out of the water, exhausted. But she was only 800 meters from her goal. Only 800 meters. And they said, why couldn't she finish the race? Why did she stop 800 meters from the end? The answer lies in the weather. She said it was a foggy day. And she didn't know how far she had to go. She couldn't see the shore. And she didn't realize how close she was. Two months later, the good news, on a clear day, she swam all the way. Seeing the finish line makes the difference to an athlete. It provides new energy and fresh motivation. But when the end is nowhere in sight, it's very hard to keep going. A bit like COVID, really. You know, not quite sure where the end of it will be. As my father said again yesterday, how long will this go? Dad, just get used to it, I said. And I tried to remind him to look at the finish line of Jesus coming back again 
and to be ready for that moment when Christ will return. Friends, in 2 Peter, the next two weeks we're going to look at just chapter 1 in 2 Peter. Um, Peter writes to Christians like us, Christians who are struggling to live holy lives, Christians who have been ridiculed about their beliefs, and Christians who are buffeted by false teachers who are trying to lead them away from the truth. But he urges them to press on and to think clearly about their faith. He says, know what you believe, live it out, and follow Christ. Look forward, he says, to the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is coming back. Christ is returning. Don't simply focus on the here and now. Focus on the eternity to come. And I think if we keep this goal in mind in 2022, it will help us to be clear-thinking Christians. And sometimes when I don't get what I want in life, when I am locked down, and when I can't go where I want to go, I think life is miserable, life has come to the end, woe is me. And we all feel a bit like that, and understandably so at times. But when I remember to live light in light of eternity, that Christ is coming back, we live preparing for that day, things are put in perspective. Now the Apostle Peter wrote this epistle, we believe, towards the end of his life. And uh, tradition tells us he was martyred in Rome during the reign of Nero, and his death probably occurred prior to AD 68. Likely, he wrote to Peter between AD 65 and 68. And in chapter 3, 17 to 18, he gives us a bit of a summary statement why he wrote it. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever, or both now and forever. Amen. And so he's saying, be watchful, be aware of the false teachers. I've warned you, uh, temptations will come, false teachers will seek to lead you away from the truth. Stay strong in Christ. So I say to you in 2022, beginning, stay strong in Christ, focus on Christ. You have the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Uh, this is a beautiful thing that we have. Stay strong in Him and continue to grow in your faith. Friends, uh, Christian life is, uh, somebody says, like a marathon. It's not a sprint. Sprints are easy. If you can go fast enough, you, you do it and you're over. At marathon, you keep going. You run and you run and you run. You're ups and downs and you, you feel like giving up. Then you, then you re-energize. They tell me I've never run a marathon, right? <laughs> And then you hit certain barriers, and then all of a sudden you think, wow, I've got this strength and energy, and you, you keep going. And some people in our church are ultra-marathon runners. They're crazy, I think. <laughs> but somehow they get through these barriers, and the Christian life is like that. But we start the race. We learn to run the race with strenuous efforts, but we've got to finish the race. Not much use starting the race and not finishing the race. You want to finish the race. So the Christian start firstly, it's made possible through our knowledge of God and Jesus Christ, we're told. Paul, Peter reminds them he's a servant, an apostle of Jesus. Why does he say that? He's not like the false teachers. He said, I'm a genuine apostle and servant of Jesus. And the recipients have received a faith as precious as ours. Peter says, I have the true gospel. You've received faith, a doctrine of teaching, which is similar to mine. So we're on the same page. Stay strong, stay faithful to the Word of God. Don't let people move you away from it. It's all made possible by the righteousness of God. 
God's moral character, his uprightness, God's grace towards us in his goodness and perfection. And it says when we receive that gospel, we become God's people. We are privileged. And it says, what are the privileges of knowing Christ? Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Notice the knowledge of God, the grace of Jesus. What do we get? Grace. God's unmerited favor, undeserved favor. God bestows grace upon us. We get what we don't actually deserve. And we receive peace. Because Christ has died for us. When we put our faith in Jesus and receive his grace, we have peace with God. And then we have everything we need for life and godliness. I think this is one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. We have everything we need. What is it? We have the gospel. The message that God loves us, that Christ died for us, that he rose again for us, that we enter a relationship with him. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. The challenge is to life and godliness. The resources are Jesus Christ in the gospel. Now, some people will tell you this year that Jesus is not enough. You need Jesus plus something else. One commentator writes in his commentary on this, he says, there will always be people who want to supplement the work of Christ with extra teaching and convince us that we're living less than Christian lives while their particular form of teaching is the ingredient missing from traditional Christianity. It takes different forms. Christ plus healing. Christ plus success. Christ plus prosperity. Christ plus counseling. Christ plus an overwhelming experience. Just anxious Christians may spend many years going through these, searching for an assurance that is already theirs in Christ. Simply by being Christians, we have access to everything we need to live a life that pleases God. Those who want to add to that are false teachers. The sufficiency of Christ is good news. But the tremendous warning these words contain is that we have to face up to our accountability to him. We cannot blame God for not making us godly enough or not making his will clear enough, for we already have everything we need, he says. A godly life is not something that only a few super saints are destined to achieve. For Peter says it is well within the reach of the ordinary Christian. There is no point in seeking a special seeker of sanctification that will transform us into godly people in a faster way than ordinary Christian obedience. There is no other way. If there were, it would mean that the death of Christ is sufficient to save, but insufficient to sanctify. Peter will lay out later how to live a godly life, verses 5 to 11, and it will be a matter of hard submission to God's word. The Christian who is not godly has only one person to blame. Friends, as I go into 2022... When I don't obey God, when I don't follow through, when I don't let the Holy Spirit lead me, when I don't submit to, to Him, when I don't surrender to Him, it's not God's fault. It's my fault. I'm accountable to God. God provides all the resources I need to live a holy and godly life. His great and precious promises are given to us. Through these, He has given us His very great and special promises. All these promises in the Word of God, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. 
we have the promise of glory that we share in the divine nature, that we become like God. How like God are you at the moment? Ask your spouse, <laughs> ask your friends. How like God are you? Because God's word says that we participate in the divine nature. We are called to be more like Jesus every day. John Calvin writes, It is the purpose of the gospel to make us sooner or later like God. Indeed, it is, so to speak, a kind of deification. In the presence, now we know the Holy Spirit transforms us into the likeness of Jesus. So let me tell you 2 Corinthians 3.18, one of my favorite verses. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Another version says from one degree of glory to another. So I want to ask of myself in 2021, Ange, were you becoming more like Jesus? And how you thought, how you behaved, how you spoke... Or have you gone backwards in your Christian walk? Are you less like Jesus now than what you were when you first got saved? Are you less like Jesus now than what you were 10 years ago? Because the call of God is to allow the Spirit to transform us, become more like Jesus. Romans 8 says, predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son. There's a sense in which people ought to look at us and say, wow, I see Jesus in you. You remind me of someone, they say to you. You remind me of someone. This person, Jesus. Wouldn't it be good if people we, we met went, well, you remind me of someone. You have seem to have the love of Jesus. Seem to have the grace of Jesus. Seem, seem to have the, uh, the care for others, just like Jesus. But friends, we won't be perfect in this life. Having said all of that, we are being transformed... We're not yet perfect. Perfection doesn't come till heaven. In the future, we will enter into true union with God, participating in His glory, sharing the glory to be revealed, 1 Peter 5, 1. We will share in immortality and blessedness. 1 John 3, 2, the Bible says, Dear friends, now we are children and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Can't wait for that day. How about you? The day when we'll be like Jesus, we'll see him, we will be transformed. But more, there's the promise of escape. And this is helpful as we live in this world, the promise of escape. We will escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Friends, there is corruption everywhere. There is sin and temptation everywhere. It was in 2021. It will be in 2022. It's going to be no different. It's going to be on your television sets. It's going to be on your... Uh, on the internet, it's going to be in the local streets, in your neighborhood. There'll be temptations and sins all over the place. But the Bible says that we can escape the corruption in the world caused by our evil desires. We can say no to sin and yes to God. And in the future, we'll escape from sin completely. We start the race. But let me say, if you're going to start the race through trusting in the gospel... You have to start on the right track. You've got to get the right gospel. If, if you believe the wrong gospel, it's going to lead you down a different path. So if you come to Christ and believe the true gospel, then don't just come to church and try to be good. You won't make it. That's not the right track. That's salvation by works. Come to church 
meet with your brothers and sisters and trust in the grace of God for your salvation and for your transformation. But then he moves on, having explained that, he then tells us to do something. Having spoken about what God has done for us in Christ and how we have all the resources now for perfection, in a sense, he now speaks about the need for personal efforts. For instance, it's one thing to be chosen to run in a race, it's another thing to run that race. I remember being a, a young kid at school, you know, you line up for a race. And um, I wasn't a swimmer, and I was still not a very good swimmer, so every so often I, I'd be tempted to line up for the swimming race, 50 metres. And I get down there, I remember at 12 or 13, I got courage to walk down, I said, come on everyone, give it a go. And I'd walk down, line up, and before the race, I'd go back to my seat and sit as a spectator. I never, never swam the race, never got involved in that. And see, God has called us to a race to live the Christian faith. Now he calls us to live it. He does say, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. He's going to keep saying, add this and this and this and this is going to go on. And I want you to acknowledge it takes effort, hard work, discipline to develop these characteristics. Sometimes people say, well, just let go and let God. If you just let go and let God, nothing's going to happen in your spiritual life. It's just going to be the way you were before. You don't just let go and let God. Yes, you trust in God, you surrender to God, and then you make efforts. Pray, read your Bible, engage in fellowship, worship God, discipline yourself one step at a time. Remember that you, we never arrive to perfection. We have them in increasing measure. And then, so what are these virtues? What are you going to add to, to your life? Number one, he says, add to your faith, your faith in Jesus, goodness. Now, it's, goodness seems like a plain word, doesn't it? Be good. Parents, how many times have you told your kids to be good? Kids, are you good for your parents? Very often? Um, Yes, yeah, some, yeah, they're, they're smiling at me, some of them, some are hiding. <laughs> and make, good means to be like Jesus. And I say to you, ask that question, what would Jesus do? Because Jesus was good. Jesus had a good heart and he did good things that were helpful things. But add to your goodness, knowledge. Increase your knowledge of God and uh, what it means to follow him. Take effort. Join a home Bible study group or turn up to your home Bible study group when it's on. Turn up to church when we run gatherings here. Turn up to training courses. Uh, sign up to read the Bible in the Year program. Many programs on various apps. And I'm so, I've just started again yesterday, my Bible in a Year program with Nicky Gumbel again. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole variety of programs. Sign up and start to use it. And beware the false teachers. Add self-control. Okay, we've got faith, we've got goodness, we've got knowledge, self-control. Don't let the world tell you how to live. When temptation comes, say no to sin and yes to holiness. Control of your tongue, control of your sexuality, control of your money, control of your influence. Be self-controlled, he says. Add that. Add perseverance. Now, perseverance is something we've learned much more in the last two years, haven't we? Now, if there's one thing we've learned during uh, COVID is perseverance through tough times and trials and persecutions. 
some of our members are enduring now and persevering through lock, being locked down in their homes because a son or a daughter or three or four people have COVID in their homes. Two families have just come out of COVID. Some families were locked up, both mother and, and son, who got it off her mother, grandmother, were locked down for Christmas for two weeks. Another family have just come out and they had two parents got it and a son got it and two kids didn't get it, threw them locked down for a couple of weeks. You need to persevere, don't you? And you try to stay away from each other, keep everyone else safe. In fact, another family yesterday, the son has it. The rest are trying not to get it. So Jeff Green up here in hospital, he said, Helen now has it as well, staying with family. Now it's tough persevering through those situations. People have planned their holidays, their first one in two years, and all of a sudden it's taken from you. You persevere again. You keep trusting God and keep going. You know, uh, some of the false teachers were saying, Jesus is not coming back. Just live your life any way you like. Where is this coming that he promised? Chapter 3, verse 4, where is this coming? You Christians have been talking about Jesus coming for 2,000 years now. Give it up. He's not coming back. They forget that in the Lord's eyes, a day is like a thousand years. You see, we measure differently. The false teachers measure differently. And temptation and Satan, the evil one, would say, why waste your money on church and missions? Why send workers overseas? Just have your holiday. Take your children out. Buy your new car. Enjoy yourself. Buy the biggest house you can buy. You've only got one life. You might as well use it. Well, that's because they don't have their eyes focused on the coming again of Jesus, do they? They don't believe that Christ is coming back. And they live for this world and this world alone. He says, don't listen to them. And add godliness. Godliness seems to be a very uh, a catch-up words, catch-all words, someone says, for a very practical awareness of God in every aspect of life. You know, you come across some people and you go, they're so godly. There's something about their, their demeanor, their prayerfulness, uh, their God-centeredness, then you think, well, well, they're just so godly. I wish I could be like them. And brotherly kindness. Philadelphia is the word here. You know, this word is a common term for relationships within the family unit. The New Testament is the only place where the word has been found outside the context of a home. Almost shocking to hear this word. Be like brothers and sisters, he says. Add Philadelphia. Treat each other as brothers and sisters. So whether you're at home, whether you're gathered here this morning, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, intimate in family relationships. And add to brotherly kindness, love. Love not only agape, agape love, not only for each other, but for the world. It says if you do these things, add this and add this and add this and add this in increasing measure. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure... You never arrive fully. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Work at it. Friends, if you want to be effective for God in 2022, uh, Peter says you need to put on these characteristics. You need to know the gospel, start the race, and you need to keep growing and maturing, becoming more like Jesus. And when you fail, I always say to people, don't get depressed, just get going. You know, when I fall down, I can either say, oh, I just messed up again. God, I'm hopeless, you can't use me. 
or I can get up again and pray and confess my sins and ask God to keep working in me. If I fail to be loving, I'll get up and learn to be loving the next time. If I'm tempted by, uh, by temptation or some sexual thoughts, then I, I confess that to God and say, God, help me to be pure next time. Don't get depressed, but get going for God. Christian knowledge is transforming. It ought to transform our lives, and people ought to notice a difference in our lives. By contrast, a Christian who does not have these qualities in increasing measure is spiritually sick, Peter says. They are blind. They cannot see the truth. They are short-sighted. They don't know what lies ahead in the distance. They have amnesia. They've forgotten they've been cleansed from their sins. In other words, they're just, in a sense, a blob here who doesn't really see clearly or live for God properly. And finally, the Christian finish. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble and you'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. One version says, make your calling and election sure or confirm your calling and election. One of the ways in which you know that you're truly called and chosen by God is that you live out the Christian faith. Someone can't say, well, I'm chosen by God and I'll just do what I like. If you are chosen by God, the elect person of God, then you will live a transformed lifestyle. And it says, if you do, you'll never come to ruin, you'll never stumble, but you'll be safe in Christ. And finally, it says, you will receive a rich welcome into heaven. I love the Olympics. Uh, one of the things I love, and I've talked about the marathon before, is the marathon race. Probably because I can't do it. Anyone with me? And, uh, but there's something about when the first runner runs into the stadium of the marathon. The crowds are there and everything stops and everyone focuses on the runner running in to the end of the marathon race, the first runner. There's a sense, uh, you've seen it on television, if you haven't been in the stadium, there's a deafening cheer that fills the arena. The great adrenaline rush uh, and everyone stands, everyone applauds, you're urging this person on to the end. And I think that's the picture we have here. We will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's as if heaven stands. So you trust in the gospel. Keep adding to your life. Persevere in it, godliness and Christ-likeness. That will demonstrate that you are safe and secure in Christ for eternity. And God will welcome you into his heaven at the end. What a great piece of scripture. The Christian start, the Christian race, the Christian finish. All made possible by the grace of God. All made possible by the knowledge of God and of his son, Jesus Christ. It is my prayer that this year, that we will start well, that we will run the race well for the glory of Jesus, trusting and surrendering to him, and that we will confirm our calling and election as we do so. Let me pray. Lord God, thank you that, that uh, Christ, through his death and resurrection, has offered us eternal life. And Lord, we're going to remember that in the Lord's Supper in a moment. We thank you for the Lord's Supper that reminds us of his beautiful sacrifice. And Lord, as people who are now in Christ, we pray that we would uh, become effective and productive Christians in 2022. As we surrender to you, 
as we are transformed by you. We commit ourselves to you and to your glory this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.